Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Stephanie Feldstein will join us to discuss population and sustainability. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. the Grok's Science Show. Well, there are nearly 7.2 billion people on the planet today, and our numbers keep growing. That means more crowds, more traffic, more pollution, and less room for wildlife. Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Ms. Stephanie Feldstein. Ms. Feldstein is at the Center for Biological Diversity, where she is the Center's Population and Sustainability Director, and she joins us today to discuss this very fascinating issue. Uh, Ms. Feldstein, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok's Science Show. Thanks for having me on the show. Certainly a pleasure. Certainly a fascinating issue, overpopulation, and how it's affecting us and wildlife. I'm curious just how big of an issue is the growing population. It's a huge issue. We add another 227,000 people to the planet every single day. And we're quickly headed toward nearly 11 billion people at the end of the century if we continue to procreate at the, at the rate that we currently are. And we've seen a lot of effects on this. I mean, our population has grown astronomically just over the past you know, 50 or 60 years, the world's population has doubled. And as our population has skyrocketed, We've seen a lot of issues around the world that have skyrocketed as well, including you know, hunger and poverty and its related human rights issues. Um, but on the wildlife side as well, we've also seen wildlife extinction skyrocketing. And right now, wildlife are going extinct at 1,000 to 10,000 times the natural background rate. And it's the fastest rate of extinction we've seen since the time of the dinosaurs. So can the Earth support all these people? Absolutely not. Currently, we're going through the resources of about one and a half Earths. So for for every year, you know, we only have one planet to work from, but we're using up more resources than the planet can replenish within a year. It's currently about one and a half. That number's going to keep growing. And if everybody lived the lifestyle that we in America live, we would need about four planets or more to continue sustaining life on the planet. So what do we do about it? Well, the solution to population, when we talk about population issues, we're really talking about expanding human rights. Uh, the solution is to make sure that everybody in the world can choose for themselves when and how many children that they want to have. So that includes things like making sure everybody has access to contraception, family planning, and reproductive health care, as well as education, not only around, you know, dispelling myths about contraception and family planning, but also education, keeping girls in school and making sure that women have opportunities as well. And when those factors come together, most people choose to have children later in life and choose to have fewer children, which is healthier for the moms and for the babies. And on the wildlife side, you know, we already have a lot of great conservation laws in the U.S. that are in place and making sure that we continue to enforce those laws and protect our remaining wildlife and wild lands is really going to be the key. We've already seen a lot of great successes from endangered species who have started to rebound. And a recent study actually showed that 
wildlife would have moved 20% faster toward extinction over the past 40 years if there hadn't been conservation efforts. So we have a lot of the tools that are already available to us. We just make, need to make sure that, that we're implementing them and that we're making them more widely accessible. Um, isn't a lot of the accessibility, especially in places where there is rapid population growth, largely tied to, to the wealth of the nation, especially poor nations might have difficulty implementing them than wealthier nations? Yeah, international support for family planning efforts is is definitely a huge factor. And, you know, there are around 220 million women worldwide with an unmet need who want con to use modern contraception but can't access it. And what it would take for us to meet that need would be about $8 billion annually, which may sound like a lot until you put it into the context of the rest of our budget. And that's about the cost of two aircraft carriers here in the U.S. And for that, we can meet that unmet need of contraception. But access is also an issue here in the U.S. as well, where a lot of people don't realize that nearly half of all pregnancies in the United States are unintended. So there's a lot that we can still do here, especially as we've seen more and more efforts at the state and national level to restrict access to reproductive health care and contraception to make sure that, that we're promoting access to family planning, as well as educating people on the options available to them. So what are some of the ways in which population is now affecting wildlife? A lot of what we're seeing is, you know, on one level, when it comes to human population, there has never been another land vertebrate animal that's grown as fast or quickly as humans have and with such devastating consequences. So on one level, it's just our sheer numbers. Every single one of those 227,000 people who are added to the planet every day have basic needs like food, water, shelter, and energy. And all of those things take up space, take up resources. And some of it is that we're simply crowding out other species by our sheer numbers. But a lot of it, too, also comes down to our, our overconsumption patterns. And, you know, we see a, we hear a lot about our energy consumption and the climate change resulting from it, and that has a huge impact on wildlife. Um, as well as looking at our food system, you know, we see massive impacts from the overuse of pesticides and particularly damaging pesticides to invertebrates. Um, and also there's a huge and a growing demand for meat not only here in the U.S., but around the world. And meat production is incredibly intensive. It's incredibly resource-intensive. It takes a lot of water, land, and energy, as well as seed crops to, to raise a relatively small amount of meat, and that's simply unsustainable. In the meat industry, you know, not only does it eat up habitat as we need to graze animals and grow feed crops for them, um, but the grazing animals themselves also cause a lot of habitat degradation. Um, leave behind a lot of pollution, leave behind a lot of emissions. And we also see, you know, here in the U.S. and abroad, that there are a lot of conflicts between the livestock industry and wildlife, you know, including millions of wildlife animals who are killed to protect livestock interests, whether it's protecting the crops or protecting cattle from predators like wolves and bears. And, and there's a lot of direct impact on wildlife from from the meat industry. So reducing meat consumption can go a long way towards reducing your environmental footprint, even as we address the population issue. Uh, how feasible do you think that is, especially in this country? Well, the good news is that we've already started to see a drop in demand for some kind of meat. Now that beef sales have been down in the U.S., unfortunately, a lot of that has been replaced by other forms of meat, such as chicken. Um, and But we have been seeing more and more studies as well as more and more 
um, media coverage of the issues surrounding meat consumption. Recently, there's been a lot of reports um, about the climate impacts of meat production. And I think that, you know, as we're seeing these, these related issues becoming more and more of interest to people and the Center for Biological Diversity who are taking extinction off their plate campaign, we're also helping to spread the word on all the different ways that the meat industry impacts wildlife, as well as giving people resources on how to start reducing their own meat consumption. And I think that, you know, we're we are seeing um, lower meat consumption becoming more mainstream. And so I think it's headed in a good direction. There's definitely still a lot of work that we need to do. But, you know, I think there is potential for us to have, to have a really big impact to our food system. Are, are the number of endangered species growing? Well, I think the exact number is difficult to say because we don't really have a way of determining the exact number of species that exist on the planet. But we do know that, you know, when we compare historical rates of species going extinct with the information about species that we do know that are endangered and threatened, we have been seeing a rise in that rate of extinction. And, you know, as our population and our consumption continue to grow, I think we'll keep seeing that number grow unless, unless we address these issues. Uh, so you're at the Center for Biological Diversity. I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about the center and the programs that are taken there. Sure. The Center for Biological Diversity has been around for 25 years. We're a national nonprofit that is dedicated to protect, protecting wildlife and wild places. We work primarily in the U.S. through a variety of programs, such as our Endangered Species Program, which frequently uses laws such as the Endangered Species Act and the Clean Water Act to protect species and to make sure that we are enforcing those laws and making sure that the, the remaining habitat and the remaining members of the species have a chance to live and thrive. We also have programs that are focused on species and marine species. We have our oceans program, we have our climate law institute, which focuses on energy issues and the impact of energy extraction and climate change on endangered species, as well as our public lands program which focuses a lot on the federal lands throughout the country and the particular impacts that are happening on those lands, including things like, like energy extraction and grazing cattle and a lot of these really damaging, um, you know, really damaging extractive practices that are threatening wildlife. And so we work with focusing on a variety of different areas. We use a lot of science and research behind our programs. Um, we use the law when it's available and necessary, and we also use creative media and advocacy and outreach, which is what we use a lot of here in the Population and Sustainability Program, which is one of the newer programs for the center. It was actually launched about five years ago when we realized that all of this other work that we were doing to protect wildlife and wild places was ultimately going to be undermined if we didn't address the population issue. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, uh, there's also a large international component. How much collaboration is there among different nations to try and halt the problems that are due to overpopulation? Yeah, and there are a lot of global efforts to address it. The United States has, of course, international family planning and is one of many nations that, that contributes to funds through the United Nations to help provide access to contraception and on-the-ground health and reproductive health care services in other countries. And, you know, we also frequently talk to a lot of other organizations that work nationally that have a lot of really innovative on-the-ground programs that work within communities and help address the connection between not just population growth, but overall health care, as well as the connection of these factors to the environment, which everybody greatly depends on. So you're the Crowded Planning Campaign. I'm curious what you can tell us about that. 
So we launched a Crowded Planet campaign in advance of World Population Day, which took place on July 11th. And I thought behind it was that particularly here in the U.S., people don't talk about population issues enough. And oftentimes people don't even realize how population growth affects their daily lives. So we ask people to take photos of the world around us, to show us what living in a world of 7 billion people looked like and felt like to them. And we ask people to take the photos and post them on social media with the hashtag CrowdedPlanet. People also sent in a ton of photos to us. And this really became an amazing showcase of all of the different ways, not only that people are affected by the growing population and consumption, but also how much they value the remaining wild places around them. We received photos, some of them, for what you might expect of things like you know, never-ending traffic jams and crowded places, but we also received photos of beautiful wildlife trying to eke out an existence where their habitat has been taken over by ours and turned into golf courses and parking lots and suburban development. And we also saw some photos of these beautiful natural areas that are becoming harder and harder to find. And so once we, you know, Crowded Planet campaign had a lot of action and really successful around World Population Day, and we decided to keep the campaign going. And people are still sending in photos, which has turned out to be a great way to really spark the conversation and get people thinking about population issues differently. Have there been any uh, photos that have released in, uh, in your own personal opinion? Yeah, a couple of the photos that really stood out to me was there's somebody who sent in photos from a trip to a national park, and the, the trails and the views were so crowded that it looked more like the mall on Black Friday than a beautiful, protected natural area. And that was just really striking to me. Uh, how has the response been for this uh, campaign? Do you think it's raised awareness? Absolutely. It sparked a lot of interesting discussions. We've had a lot of people you know, who have reached out to us through social media, who have used the photos, who started discussions within their own network, um, as well as people from the media. We've been talking to a lot of different you know, reporters and media hosts and others who are really interested in this new perspective on the issue. And so I think it's been really effective in getting people to realize that population pressure is something that really affects all of us and is something that's becoming increasingly urgent. So how long is the uh, campaign going to continue on? Well, at this point, indefinitely. You know, we originally launched it for World Population Day, and we put together a video, which you can see on our website at biologicaldiversity.org, with that highlights some of our favorite photos from the campaign. But right now, we're going to keep the Clouded Planet hashtag going because we want people to continue to use that lens of the of the campaign and of the conversation to you know to look at the world around them and to help expose others in their own network to, to what population means for their own lives and the planet. Well, I certainly hope people will go take a look at the, the photos and the website. Uh, we are running slightly out of time. I'm curious if you just have some final words regarding Crowded Planet. Yeah, the Crowded Planet campaign, as I said, has been a great way to spark the conversation, as well as you know, radio shows like this. One of the most important things we can do to get people thinking about population issues and the connection to the wildlife extinction crisis is to start having these conversations for people to realize that there is an issue and it's a growing issue. And then from there, to help spread the word and promote policies that support reproductive rights as well as conservation efforts. All right. We were just talking with Ms. Stephanie Feldstein. She's at the Center for Biological Diversity, or she's the Center's Population and Sustainability Director. She's talking to us about overpopulation and the Crowded Planet Campaign. And uh, Ms. Feldstein, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you.
And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. Thank you.